And honestly, all of our announcements, the best, usually the best place to go is missionbible.church. Both campuses, men, women, old and young, um, that's the place where we've got registrations, links to uh, find out more information. So, but that is cool. If you're not taking our Discover Mission class, uh, I just want to personally invite you with something that we do at both campuses. Uh, whether you're brand new or you've been a while, around for a while, we just talk about who we are as a church, what we believe, what we do, why we do it. Uh, it's a place to um, find out more about us, how you can connect, ask questions, and, and things like that. And we just want to help everyone take a step a next step with God and with our church. And so we're going to keep going in this series called That's In There. And what we've been doing in this series is just looking at some verses, random as they may seem, that you may have heard before, read past, never thought of, maybe never heard before. And, and when we put them on the screen, it's kind of like, whoa, that's, that's in the Bible? I can't believe Jesus said that. I can't believe God let that person say that about him or, or whatever it is. But more importantly, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for the people around me? What does that mean for our community? What does that mean for us as a gathering of believers, as the church? And so um, today we're going to look at a verse that Jesus says. And I don't know if you've ever had, you know, something in your family happen where someone says, you know, if you don't whatever, I'm going to, you know, come over there. And, and, and maybe you've made the smart aleck joke like I have. Like, is that a threat or a promise, right? Like, I can't, you know, are you trying to scare me? Or is that, you know, and, and what we're going to look at today is Jesus says something and it is both a promise and a threat. I want to put this on the screen for you. But this is, um, the idea is if I won't, you won't. And when we read this, I want you to realize he's saying this to every human being. He's saying this to you and me. And, and it's almost like I ask God this question, really? If I won't, then you won't? So here's what he says in Matthew chapter 6. He says this, if you forgive, this is Jesus speaking, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And verse 14, that's a great promise. Here comes the threat. And this is like the, you take a big gulp and you're like, wow, Jesus said that? Have I read this before? Is this a new version? Like, I, I don't, is that true? Can't, what does that mean for me, right? Jesus says in verse 15, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's a scary verse, right? Like, we love that Jesus is love. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Everyone gets eternal life. Whoever believes in him will never perish. He's the great forgiver. In fact, last week, if you were here, we celebrated communion. We leaned into the promise that every time we confess our sins, he is faithful and he forgives us for our sins. We love Jesus the forgiver. But then he turns and he says, now, I've loved you that much. I forgive you always. And I expect you to be forgivers as well. And like Reese said, there's a time where he tells this story to make a point of like, how crazy would it be if you were forgiven a debt of a billion dollars and then you beat some guy up for 10 bucks that he owed you? Like, how hypocritical would you be? Here's my takeaway from this verse. Forgiveness is a big deal. Like, you have to do it, right? This is what Jesus is saying. He's, he's, he's saying, I love you. I laid my life down for you. I will forgive you for your sins. You are helpless without me. You need forgiveness. I'm the only way to be right with God. You can't make your way yourself. You can't make your way back to God. You can't earn it. But I offer free forgiveness for all of your sins, even though you don't deserve it. And I expect you to then be forgiving and graceful on the flip side to other people. Forgiveness is a big deal. And Jesus is like, yeah, you have to. Like I said so. Like you, you just gotta, you, if you want to be like me, you gotta be a forgiver, okay? It's almost like Jesus is saying, how dare you? How dare you receive forgiveness, 
ask for forgiveness, enjoy that feeling of forgiveness, and then not offer it to someone else? How dare you come back asking for more forgiveness if you haven't decided to be a forgiver yourself? How hypocritical of you to ask for something from me that you wouldn't give to someone else? And when that story that Reese was talking about is the idea that our debt was sky high and we can never pay it back and whatever someone else would owe us or have wronged us, it would be nothing compared to the God of the universe whom we have offended and had no chance of reconciliation with and Jesus laid his life down to offer us complete forgiveness. How dare we not be forgiving? We love being forgiven, but we don't love being forgivers. It's easy to say, I love that Jesus forgave me. I didn't deserve it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then to turn around and not be that gracious with the next guy. Like, Jesus wants us to become more and more like him. More and more like his heavenly father. And he says, just as I've forgiven you, you need to go and forgive others. Here's what Jesus, notice what Jesus is not saying, okay? Um, Jesus is not saying that we forgive other people if they deserve it. Because then we're the judge. And maybe if you apologize a little better or butter me up a little more or do something really nice to make up for it, like you're not going to deserve it. Jesus says, don't wait until you feel like they've earned it or they deserve it. Jesus didn't expect that with you and I. We never earned it. We don't deserve it. And he forgives us anyways. And so he just says, doesn't, doesn't say forgive people if they deserve it because they probably don't and, and neither did you. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say uh, forgive other people if you feel like it, because you probably won't, right? Like, we're just, we're not that nice. Maybe on your best day, but most of the time, especially if that person's done it over and over, or if they're really close to you, then it stings even worse. Have you ever noticed that? The people you live with, your spouse, your kids, these are the people that can bother you the quickest, make you the most angry, maybe be the hardest to forgive, because you expect them to be kind and, and be loving. And when they're not, it stings deeper. And Jesus doesn't say, forgive people if you feel like it or when they deserve it. He doesn't say, if they promise to never do it again, because they'd be lying if they said that, right? And Jesus doesn't expect that of us. He doesn't say, I'll forgive you when you say, Jesus, please forgive me. I'll never, I'll never lie again. I'll never cheat again. I'll never do that again. I'll never say that again. I'll never think that again. He doesn't expect us to make that promise. He says, go and leave your life of sin. But he knows until he calls us home, we will not be perfect. And he says, and when you confess your sins, I will be there and I will forgive you. But don't hold it against other people and make them promise something that they can't live up to. Be a forgiver like I'm a forgiver. He does not say, uh, forgive people if it benefits you, right? Sometimes it's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let this one slide because I'm going to get something out of this relationship. I'm going to get something out of this reconciliation at work or whatever it might be. See, first of all, I don't think that would actually be forgiveness. But even if it was, it's totally the wrong motive. Jesus doesn't say, you should forgive other people if it's good for you. Like when it's convenient, go ahead and be a forgiver. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say you should forgive people if they apologize. This is probably the one that we wait for the most. Like, I know I should forgive you. Part of me wants to forgive you, but I want you to really own up to what you've done. I want to know that you get it. I want to hear you say it. I need that apology. And Jesus doesn't say, wait for the apology, then be a forgiving person. Jesus does not wait for the apology for you and I. 2,000 years ago, he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died an innocent crucifixion, execution, death. Before you ever sinned, he laid his life down for all of your sins. He took the first step. 
He offered himself completely. He says, I will forgive all of your sins for all time. One sacrifice for all time. He took the first step and he says to us as his followers, be the kind of people that will take the first step. Don't demand or wait for an apology as an excuse to hold a grudge and as an excuse to not forgive. He says we should be forgiving. These are all things that we tell ourselves. Well, they don't really deserve it. They haven't earned it back yet. I don't feel like it today. They, you know, they never apologized. I know they're going to do it again. Like, these are all reasons that we withhold forgiveness. Jesus never says this is the case. He just says, if you don't, then my heavenly Father will not. How dare you not be a forgiver and then ask for forgiveness from me? And if you're like me, I have to continually ask for forgiveness from Jesus. In fact, um, some traditions and churches, when they take communion, like we took last week, they will say, if you have anyone to forgive, don't take communion. Leave right now if you have to. Find that person in the room, text that person, drive over, whatever you like. Go and find them and forgive them and then come and take forgive, uh, uh, communion. Because Jesus says, don't come asking for forgiveness if you're harboring bitterness and grudges and being unforgiving to others. It's a scary verse when he says, if you don't, then my heavenly father won't. He says to, to me, if I don't forgive, then he won't forgive me. And so, if nothing else, that's kind of... <laughs> That's good enough motive right there. I really want to be forgiven, so I better learn to be a forgiver. Romans 8 says that Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners, while we were still his enemy, while we were far from him. He took the first step. So he says, don't wait for that. Now, this, this concept is all over Scripture. Jesus is constantly teaching us to be loving like he's loving, to be forgiving like he's forgiving. He even says, as I've forgiven you, so you must forgive. He didn't just say, be a do your best to be a forgiver in your human strength. Try to be forgiven. He says, no, no, I've forgiven you perfectly and completely, even though you did not deserve it and could never make it right. And as I've forgiven you, you need to forgive. That's the bar that he set for us to go after, to be forgiving. He tells these parables. He tells stories. He's constantly driving home this point. In the New Testament, the authors like Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, if you want to read more about forgiveness in the early church, Ephesians 4, Paul is telling people how to forgive each other. And he comes back to the fact that since Jesus gave us this much grace, we should have grace to offer other people. James, in chapter 2, he says to the early church, judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Over and over in Jesus' teaching and in the early church leaders, we see this idea that we must be forgivers. It's a big deal. Like, we have to do it. And he says mercy triumphs over judgment. We will feel better. We will live better. Our relationships will be better when we choose mercy, when we offer grace, when we follow like Jesus to be forgivers. Um, Jesus tells one story and says, whoever's been forgiven a little only loves a little. And the idea is we need to realize we've been forgiven a ton and so we have more love to offer. He tells another story the one Reese was talking about is in Matthew 18 where Peter's like, how many times do I have to forgive this guy? And he's thinking seven's pretty good. That's better than the other guys, right? Like they won't even forgive twice. I'm willing to go up to seven. And Jesus is like, no, no, you got to keep on forgiving just like I keep on forgiving. He tells the story about the two servants and the crazy hypocrite that he is. And then he says this, this, so after the one guy is like trashed by the ruler and thrown out. And Jesus says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. We got to do it and we got to mean it because he sees our heart. 
And he sees when we come to him, if we're harboring bitterness and, and grudges and unforgiveness towards someone, he sees that when we come and say, but would you forgive me? He's like, no, 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 you need, to, you need to be a forgiver first. This is a verse that we don't talk about a lot. We love to talk about Jesus' forgiveness, and we should. It's real, and it's powerful, and it's limitless. But then he says, how dare we not be forgivers if we want to be forgiven? in. Okay, so I want to just ask, why does Jesus even need to say this, right? Like, wouldn't it be obvious? He's laid his life down. He's the ultimate example. We we want to, like, emulate him and be like him and worship him, but he he makes it so clear, not only in this verse, but over and over. And um, I had a couple of thoughts. There might be better answers, but first of all, I think he just wanted to, like, say it loud and clear because we're huge hypocrites if we don't, Right? A hypocrite is someone who says something and does something different, who, who wants something for himself but not for others. And Jesus is like, you guys just, you gotta, if you, in case you would miss this because it's, you know, right over your head, like, you're a huge hypocrite if, you, if, if you're not a Christian person who's not wanting to be a forgiver is, a, is not a very Christian person. You're a huge hypocrite. Um, secondly, I think Jesus knows that it's against our nature, our human nature, fallen and broken as it is, he knows that we don't often become quick to forgive. We don't even like to forgive. Here's what we like. We love to hold grudges. We, 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 not, we might not admit it, but there's something in us. We like to keep score. I like to have that over you. Maybe I'll bring it back up the next time we argue, right, because I've got this thing over you, and, and you know it, and I know it, and I'm keeping score, but then if I blow it, now, now you're winning the game. And, and so we don't often say that, but we like to hold grudges. We like to keep score. Um, I think we like to be the victim, especially in America. I don't think most people admit it. I don't think we realize it, but there's something that we feel better about ourselves, moping about the fact that how dare he say that, do that, you know, treat me that way, whatever it is, cheat on me, hurt me, hurt someone I love. Uh, I'm going to hold that grudge because I'm victimized here. And Jesus is like, stop being the victim and start being the forgiver. Okay. We don't often admit it, but I think in our human nature, we like to hold on to that victim card. Also, it's natural in our human nature to seek revenge. If you hurt me, I will hurt you back, right? Like you did this with your brother growing up probably. At least I did, right? Like all of our fights where we were playing and then he accidentally hurt me. So then I hurt him more on purpose back, right? And then maybe he came back uh, and hurt me more and, and it escalates. And this is our human nature just comes out. If you hurt me, I'll hurt you. If you say something mean to me, I'll say something mean to you. If you say something you know, rude behind my back, I'll say something rude behind your back. We are experts at revenge. It's in our nature. And Jesus knows this. So he's like, hey, I just want you to realize I offer you complete forgiveness and I expect you to be a forgiver, to try it, to go after it. It's against our human nature and he knows it. Also, I think he knows that it's easier said than done. There's something when when we hear about Jesus' forgiveness and his call for us to be forgivers, we think in our minds, that makes sense. That's logical. I understand that. I agree with that train of thought. But to get from my head to my heart, that's a lot easier said than done. I sit here and say, yeah, 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 I should forgive. Man, I, I, we sing about and I admit how broken I was and how much forgiveness I've experienced. It makes sense that I would then turn to give it to someone else, but it's harder to actually do than to think is true. And Jesus knows it, so he just levels with us. And he's like, listen, you have to do it. How dare you come trying to be forgiven if you're not going to be a forgiver? Be like me. Take the first step. Allow yourself 
to be gracious and full of grace and mercy. And it's easier said than done. I think Jesus just wanted to make sure that we heard it loud and clear so he doesn't beat around the bush. He says it in a way that kind of makes us gulp and pause and wonder. I can't believe why he said that. What does that mean for me? And that's what we're talking about today. Here's an interesting quote from C.S. Lewis. He says this, We all think forgiveness is a wonderful idea until we have to practice it. This is true years ago when C.S. Lewis said it. It was true 2,000 years ago when Jesus said it. This is a human issue. It's not a 2020 issue, uh, 2022. It's not an American thing. It's not a new thing. We have always, as a human people, struggled with love and grace and forgiveness. And we love the idea of forgiveness until it falls on us to be the forgiver. It's not easy. But Jesus says it's necessary and it's worth it. It's not a new thing. Uh, It's not a new struggle. But Jesus knows this is what we need. So why does God even want us to forgive? Why can't we just say, uh, all that matters is I need to be right with God and everyone else needs to be right with God. They don't need to be right with me. I don't need to be right with you. If he forgives my sins, we're all good. Why does he care that we, as Jesus followers, forgive? By the way, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, if you don't call him your heavenly father, if you, you don't call yourself a Christian and You don't have to forgive anybody. Jesus is talking to his followers. He's talking to his church. He's talking to his children. He says, listen, if you've experienced my forgiveness, then you need to be a forgiver. If you've never experienced that, if you don't call yourself a Christian, then you're off the hook. You can hold a grudge all day long. Now, I want to show you in a minute, it's actually terrible for your health, physically, emotionally, mentally. Like, it's bad for you, and Jesus knows that, but you don't have to do it. Christians, we have to do it, okay? Why does God want us? First of all, he says, uh, he knows it's good for us. See, God, God created us. He knows us inside and out. He knows you better than you know you. He knows us mentally and emotionally and physically. He knows our limits. He knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses. And he knows that holding grudges is really bad for us. It's bad relationally, first of all. Like, if, if, if nobody ever forgave anyone, where would we be? Every bridge would be burnt. There'd be no friendship. There'd be no families. If we can't get over ourselves from time to time and and reconcile relationships and forgive each other, at least to some degree, this whole world would just be individual people with no relationships because every single bridge would be burnt. It's just just right and healthy uh, relationally. But also, I love that science, research, Um, professional counselors and therapists, they constantly, even if they don't know God as their savior, they say what he says is true. He says that, you know, they, they recommend his advice without even realizing it's his advice. Constantly, science says this is good for you. So uh, this is from uh, John Hopkins Medicine. You've probably heard, there's, if you just Google this, there is a ton of science and research that talks about how choosing to be a forgiving person is good for you emotionally. It's even good for you physically. Here's what John Hopkins Medicine says. Studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health. Lowering the risk of heart attack, improving cholesterol levels and sleep, that sounds pretty good, reducing pain, reducing blood pressure, and the levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. I mean, physical, inside and out, emotional, all kinds of things that so many of us deal with, not only because we don't forgive, but they have proven that people who forgive, this improves, this helps. It says, and research points to an increase, this is really interesting, in the forgiveness to health connection as you age. The older we get, the more this impacts us. I wonder if that's just because the longer we hold a grudge, the worse it gets. 
But we don't have time to grow older without growing more forgiving. We'll be unhealthy physically. We'll be unhealthy mentally and emotionally. And we won't be right with our heavenly father. Because he says, if you don't, then I won't. Okay? He knows it's good for us. Secondly, he knows it's good for the world around us. See, we as Jesus followers are his ambassadors. The New Testament says it's as if he's making his appeal through us. Jesus lived on earth. He walked on earth. He taught. He ministered to people. He did miracles for like 30-some years. And then he says, I'm going to leave it to my followers to go and, and do these things in my name. And that's you and me. If you call yourself a Christian, we represent Jesus to the world. And he wants us to be like him, to be like our heavenly father, to look like and sound like our daddy, and that we resemble our heavenly father. And he says, the more you're good at this, people will see me through you. They'll experience my love through you. They'll be blown away by the way we act. In fact, what if Christians blew people away by the way we are willing to forgive? That they, people would notice, wow, those Jesus followers, they've got better relationships. They're quick to forgive. They probably could have held that against me for a long time, but they just loved me too much. And, and they would see God's love coming through us. He knows that it's good for the world around us. People can catch a glimpse, a taste of God's love the way we show it. So we experience his forgiveness and grace in a huge way. And in whatever little way we can, we offer his um, love and his grace to others. And it would be a crazy thing. It's crazy to me that um, medical journals, professional health counselors, emotional health counselors, physically, uh, science continues to prove that this is good for us. God knew it to begin with. He knew it was good for us and the world around us, the relationships of the people in our house and the people that we work with and our neighbors and, and the, you know, everybody, you know, the, the referee that I yelled at in the basketball game, everything, right? Like he knew that we would need this. He knew that we would blow it and we would need to forgive other people. I said it like this, ability to forgive comes from awareness of forgiveness. The ability to forgive others, because it's hard. We need that grace and strength from God to offer to others. It comes, like Reese said, when we become more and more aware of how much we've been forgiven. And how dare we hold on to that and not offer it? How dare we ask for more without offering it to somebody else? The ability to forgive, if, if, if you struggle to be a forgiver, if there's a, a certain someone that you've been holding a grudge against, the way that you're going to find the strength and the ability to forgive them is by becoming more aware of your forgiveness, aware of the fact that you had a huge pile of debt you could never repay, and God canceled that debt. And then he says, now take that strength, take the emotion of that truth, and become a forgiver yourself. Uh, the awareness to for, of our own forgiveness gives us the desire. Uh, your heart will be, want to be more forgiving when you recognize what Jesus has done for us. It gives us the capacity, the ability to be, actually be able to do it. We've been filled with that grace. Once you've been forgiven, you're more equipped to forgive others. Here's a great, horrible example from my own life. Like a week ago, I yelled at one of my kids. And I was way out of line. And I had to apologize. And don't you hate having to apologize to your kids? Because you're like, I'm trying to be a good example, and I'm a terrible example sometimes. And I told him, and you know what he said? I forgive you. It melted my heart. Because I knew he meant it. And that's what I wanted. I wanted him to forgive me. He did not say, it's okay, because it wasn't okay. He didn't say, it's no big deal, because it was a big deal. I was out of line. He deserved an apology, and I'm so grateful that he forgave me. 
Now, that same kid, this past week, a couple times really got on my nerves. And I had to tell him what I thought and what he was doing wrong. And you know what he said? I'm sorry. And you know what I needed to do? I needed to forgive him right back. And I didn't want to, because I'm like, that's the third time this week, dude. Like, you're kidding me, right? But I had to remember, he forgave me when I said, I'm sorry. And I know that you'll do something annoying again, but I believe your apology is genuine, and I need to be a forgiver right back. I need this in my family. If you're going to be my friend, I'll definitely need this from you as well. Like, we have to be forgivers. And the world around us needs Christians to lead the way. It will point them to Jesus when we show Jesus' love. And the ability for us to be forgiving comes from our awareness of our own forgiveness in the first place. I just wanted to real quickly recognize that some of you have real tragic hurts. Like, the things that I have to forgive someone for pale in comparison to what you need to forgive someone for. Now, if you're sitting here like, I've never had one of those. I've never dealt with abuse. I've never had someone cheat on me. I've never had, like, really tragic pain caused, whether on accident or on purpose, from another person. Then you should say, as I say, praise the Lord. Because some of us have had, whether we asked for it or deserved it or not, Horrible things done to us or to people we love, and it is very hard to forgive. The hard truth is Jesus says we need to be forgivers, not if they deserve it, not when we feel like it, not if they apologize. Now, forgiveness doesn't mean it's not a big deal. It's totally okay. I open myself up to that same pain. Like, forgiveness doesn't mean that the, re- the relationship is completely reconciled every time. Forgiveness just means I'm going to cancel the debt. I'm going to take away the resentment in my heart. I'm going to try my hardest to let go of the grudge, which you can do in a moment. And just like Reese said, you can lay it down and then sometimes walk right back over and pick it up. So it's an ongoing process. And I would just say, if you've got someone or something that's very hard to forgive, obviously pray about it. Ask God to help you. Ask God to give you the strength and the grace that only comes from him to be able to offer But you might need to talk to a wise Christian counselor, whether that's a close, wise, respected friend or a professional, but someone that can help you unpack it, walk through it, and get to that place. Because not only is that what Jesus wants from us, and that'll be a blessing to the whole world, it'll be a blessing to you. Emotionally, physically, mentally, do what it takes to find the ability to forgive others. It's not always easy. If you've never had something that is like just that difficult to get over, praise the Lord. Let's try to be people who have set our heads ahead of time to say, I want to offer forgiveness when it's necessary. As humans, we need to just admit, the humans we interact with are going to fail us. They're going to hurt us on accident or on purpose. We need to know ahead of time that's going to happen. That doesn't make it automatic to be forgiving, but we set our hearts ahead of time to say, I want to be a forgiver. Here's one last quote. I didn't put this on the screen, but C.S. Lewis, he talked a lot about forgiveness, which is pretty cool. He said, to be a Christian means we forgive the inexcusable because God forgives the inexcusable in us. Like I said, if you're not a Christian, you can walk away and hold a grudge against everybody you want. I think it's bad for you. I don't, don't think you'll enjoy it at all, and it'll get worse as you get older. And I hope that you would come to realize Jesus offers complete forgiveness and help for you to forgive those you need to forgive. That is the challenge for us. Forgiveness is a decision to let go of the resentment, the thoughts of revenge. It's saying, I'm not going to hold this against you. Um, 
how to forgive. And there's way more amazingly written things on this, but uh, if this is something that you need help with, first you decide to forgive specifically. Say what it is. I'm forgiving you for this. You know, a good apology is specific, right? Please, uh, I'm sorry, forgive me for, you know, saying this, doing this. Don't just say, I'm sorry. Say what you're sorry for. Same thing with forgiveness. Say what you're forgiving for. Be specific with who it is, what it was. That'll help you actually mean it, feel it, and do it. Pray for God's help. He'll help you see yourself in a right way. See them with some empathy. Not so that, you know, you just open yourself back up to the same hurt, but that you can actually get to a place of forgiveness. Ask for God's help. Talk it out with someone. You could tell the person that you forgive them. Sometimes that's not appropriate or even possible. So tell someone else. And if you don't tell someone else, journal it. But write it out or say it out because there's power in saying it, writing it, getting it out there. So tell the person, tell someone, or at least write it out. That will help you actually feel it and mean it. And then remember, you got to keep it up. Because you could say today with all your heart, I forgive you. And you might not feel it by tonight or by next Sunday. And so we have to continue to remember who we are in Jesus and come back to him for the strength to do that. So I want to invite the band up. And they're going to sing two songs with us. The first one uh, is probably one you, it's new, so maybe you've heard it, but it's, it's new to us. You've probably not heard it. And I want them just to sing it for you. And so I, I just invite you to, to stay seated and to listen to the words. But it's the idea of remembering what we have because of Jesus. His forgiveness for us. Becoming more aware of our own forgiveness so that we actually have the strength and the grace and the love to offer to someone else. So they're going to sing that song, uh, and then um, we'll sing one last song uh, all together, and we'll stand up for that. But uh, while you're still seated and the band's coming up, I just want to lead uh, a moment of prayer. And we could pray together as a church family, but also even right where you're at for you to talk with God. So would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, I know there's people in this room who need to forgive someone. And they've probably known it for a long time. Maybe they kind of wanted to do it, but they kind of don't want to do it. Maybe they really want to do it, but they can't bring themselves to keep it up. God, I pray that even this morning, you would invade their hearts. You would help them to just be broken over all you've forgiven in their life and refresh them with the strength of your spirit to offer that grace to someone else. God, if they need to seek counsel in a friend or in a professional, I pray that you'd give them the guts to start it because they will feel better. They will be better. They will live better. And God, we will represent you better when we forgive. God, it's a hard truth that Jesus said, if you don't forgive, then I won't forgive you. But you you wanted to get our attention because it's good for us. And it's your plan for the world around us. So God, this week we want to be your people representing you well in our own families, in our own neighborhoods, in our own schoolrooms and teams and, and cubicles and office, wherever we're at, God, help us to be people that represent you so well that the people around us would come to know you through us. Give us the strength to forgive when others wouldn't because we know what we've got in you. God, I pray that this morning our hearts would celebrate your forgiveness for our own sins, that we would leave with hearts lifted high in your praise for all you've done for us. Help us to be so aware of our own forgiveness and out of that have the ability to forgive. And Father, I pray right now if there's anyone in this room or watching online 
that hasn't yet experienced your forgiveness, they've never given their life and their heart to you, they've never accepted that gift, that this morning your Holy Spirit would ring true with power in their heart, that they would admit they need a Savior and that Jesus, you are the Savior. You're the Son of God who laid your life down in our place and that right now, today, someone else would come to know you as their personal Savior and experience that forgiveness for the first time. We pray that this would happen and we praise your name together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Precious 